goal today is to be the ghost of Shiloh past. <laughs> this is just, the, I'm having the greatest time. This is absolutely a taste of heaven. Uh, so much, so much sweet, sweet love. Uh, so good to see so many of you who have such a marvelous place in my heart and in, and in the role and history of this church. Beautiful, sweet, marvelous day. I had, my scripture was given to me. The book of Deuteronomy. Israel has just completed a 40-year journey. I mean, what is more appropriate than that? And the book of Deuteronomy is, is a pause. They stop. And Moses tells the story, retells the story. Here's, here's what happened. It was, it was God who delivered you out of the bondage that you were in. It was God who led you across the, the Red Sea, who parted the sea for you. It was God who took you to the mountain. It was God. It was God who fed you every day. It was God who caused your clothes not to wear out. Every blessing, everything you've experienced was the hand of God. And you need to know that. And you need to remember that. Because that will prepare you for where you go next. And here we are. After 40 years, there's been a lot of stories told. There's been a lot of uh, remembering. And we need to know it was God, it was our Lord who brought us here. All the things we look back on, all the accomplishments, I can tell you from, from my own personal experience, it wasn't our wisdom. It wasn't our power. It wasn't our ability. We know that, don't we? Excuse me. We know that, don't we? We know it was the Lord. It was the Lord. You know, we didn't even know we were going to survive when we first started. We didn't know we were going to be able to make this happen because we knew we couldn't do it. And one of the things that our God does is make sure that we know that it was by His power and by His wisdom and by His grace. And so that's why... We're singing these songs of praise today. When we needed money, God provided the money. When we needed the people, the leaders, a certain time at a certain place, God provided. And the role that each one of you played as you let God work in you and through you is to His everlasting glory and power and honor. And all the people said, Amen. Amen.
you already know, part of Shiloh's heritage is that we are a singing church. And I wish that the man had, that had set that in motion was here this morning. Terry Logsdon was scheduled to lead this next song. But he had a little mishap. Linda's here this morning. Um, but he was not able, he's not able to be here. We're going to sing this next song in his honor. Before we sing the song, I do feel like I need to say, Linda, if you will, I, I, I don't know where you're, there you are. That you will please, please pass this word along to Terry. The first Sunday that Lisa and I came to Shiloh, we were visiting along with some friends of ours, and um, we're somehow, you know, in conversations, we told, yeah, I'd, I sing, I lead worship. And I'll never forget. Lisa and I will never forget that Terry Logsdon completely stunned the both of us when he walked up to us and he said, I've been praying for you. And Lisa and I looked at each other and we, we didn't know what to make of that, of that conversation because in our life plan, we were expecting to live here two, maybe three years. (laughs) But God had another plan. (laughs) And we're grateful to him for that. So this next song, in honor of Terry Loxton, it's one of his iconic songs. Number 375. (laughs) 375. Oh, the depths and the riches of God's saving grace. 375. Oh, the depths and the riches of God's saving grace flowing down from the cross for me. There the depth for my sins by the Savior was paid in His suffering on Calvary. Oh, the depth of such wonderful love Flowing boundless and full and free. And the death for my sins was all paid in his suffering on Calvary. How my heart humbly bows in his presence today when I think of his agony. From the bondage of sin. Through his suffering on Calvary. Oh, the depth of such wonderful love, flowing boundless and full and free. And the death for my sins was all paid in his suffering on Calvary. Oh, what marvelous mercy, what infinite love, What immeasurable grace I see. By his blood I am cleansed from him happy and free. Through his suffering on Calvary. Oh, the depth of such wonderful love. Flowing boundless and full and free. And the death for my sins was all paid. 
in his suffering on Calvary. Oh, the depth of such wonderful love, flowing boundless and full and free. And the death for my sins was all paid in his suffering on Calvary. reading from the book of Joshua, the first chapter, verses 7 through 9. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. First of all, I need to make an apology to uh, Gary Albritton. Uh, I'm sitting in Amarillo the other morning in a hotel room, and Dorinda calls me, and she said, uh, Gary Albritton called and wants you to take part in the service on Sunday. And I said, who's Gary Albritton? <laughs> and, and the reason I say that is because I had a friend request from Gary uh, last week, I believe, and I'm not real active on uh, Facebook. I see, I keep track of my grandkids and my children and uh, some distant relatives. And I saw Gary Albritton friend request. I just went, nah. So, <laughs> anyway, we, uh, we're going to sing the victory chant this morning. And uh, I would ask that you please stand because you cannot do this sitting down. El Jesus, you're my King, your life frees me to sing, and I will praise you all my days, you're perfect in all your ways, El Jesus, you're my Lord, I will obey your Want to see your kingdom come? Not my will, but yours be done. Glory, glory to the Lamb. You'll take some to the Lamb. We will conquer in your name and proclaim that Jesus reigns. Hail, hail, line of Judah, how wonderful you are. Hail, hail, line of Judah, how powerful you are. Hail, hail, line of Judah, how wonderful you are. Hail, hail, line of Judah. How 
just in case you're visiting, let me go ahead and let you know that what ages are children go to children's worship? Three through. If you would like, if you have a child between the age of three and fifth grade, you can take them at this time, and we have people in children's worship who will be glad to minister to them. If you notice, I am now addressing my clock. We were told the other night in the meeting with the worship team that each one of us who were speaking had 10 minutes. Now, I have always felt that Mike Warner was a great man. He's a great preacher, a great pastor. He has pastorally ministered to me many times. But this morning, I think his action tops it all. Instead of taking his full ten minutes, Mike spoke for four. And I know that those other six he wants to give to me. So thank you, Mike, again for your pastoral care. My mission is to talk about God's faithfulness to Shiloh in the present and to celebrate and praise what he has done. And when we're talking about praising the present, really uh, what I was told, we're talking about the last 10 or 15 years, so a little bit of uh, expansion there. And I was thinking about all that God has done that I have seen through Shiloh, and there's so much. But I want to narrow it down to a story about two people and how God used one to minister to the other, but in doing so, unleashed so much ministry here. And to lead to that, I want to direct you back to that scripture that Doug just read. And I want to read to you the verse before and the verse after. Verse 7 of Joshua chapter 1, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law of my servant Moses gave you, do not turn from it to the right to the left. Excuse me, that was 7, verse 6. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. And then, in verse 10, we read, So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your supplies ready, three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God has given you. Give and take. For some reason, the Lord so often works that way. He gives, but yet he calls on his people to take. Let me put it a different way. Typically, God wants to collaborate with people. Here's a question. Can God feed people apart from using people? Absolutely. The wilderness, right? Manna, quail. God didn't, he just sent the manna in, the quail in, and God fed people. He didn't have to use people to do that. But for some reason, typically, he chooses to collaborate with people, doesn't he? The, the farmers, the people that work in the factory preparing bread, for example, the, the stock boys who put the bread on the shelf. and uh, So many people are involved in getting that loaf of bread to you. We get it from God, but he collaborates with people. Uh, does God need people to heal people? No. 
We probably all know of instances when God chose to work apart from mankind to heal people. But how does God typically work? Using doctors and nurses in the medical community, he typically works with people, collaborates with people to heal people, right? I think John 1 is a good illustration of that and how Jesus really changed the whole playing game of what it means to be a person. Because in John 1, we read that that God became a person. God became people. You've got God and people, God inside a person. You've got spirit and flesh. And that unleashed ministry that changes the dynamic to this day. Christ is still in the world, but he's in the world through who? Shiloh, the church. And he collaborates with people. I have seen so many people do God's work in a lot of ways, but I want to tell you that one story because it's one of my favorites. About 10 years ago, this August, a young woman named Courtney Jo Reeves visited Shiloh from these apartments. And her family was living there. Incidentally, uh, years ago I received Courtney's blessing to tell this story. It's one of my favorites, and so she uh, has used it to help people. So I've got her permission on this. I'm going to go ahead and tell you up front. And I tell you that because from the very beginning, Courtney Joe created some challenges for our church community. She at that time was a senior in high school, and we could tell there was something unique about her. And we could see it in several different ways. For example, she would go to the high school class and attend, sometimes there were only 10 or 15 minutes, and then she'd just get up and bolt. And she would go to another class. She'd crash an adult class and spend there 10 or 15 minutes there and then go to another one. She, uh, she pretty much just did what she wanted to do. She was just like an elder. <laughs> I love it. We got great elders here. I love them. But it was somewhat chaotic. And, and Courtney was very loving, very affectionate, and she would express that through her hugs. And she was very strong. I suppose she still is. But she would come to, if she came to you from behind and you had back issues, you didn't have to go to a chiropractor because you'd hear your bones pop and she'd tell you how much she loved you. And if she came to you from the front and hugged you, the blood from your toes would start being squeezed up and just rush into your head, and, and you ended up kind of like that Nazi at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. It was just, just, just an explosion. And, and this was particularly trying for our primetime community because she loved our primetimers, and, and their bones, some of their bones were not very strong. And, and that's really where it came to a head. We, we, we love Courtney Joe. We wanted to minister to her, but we really didn't know how to do it, and there wasn't a textbook out there on how to do it. We had a counselor here who worked in schools, and we had a, a mom here who dealt with special needs children in her home. And anyway, some investigation took place, and, and, and we finally came to understand that she had a mild form. Courtney Joe had a mild form of autism, uh, Asperger's to be specific. But we still had our challenges. So we end up calling a meeting. That's what you do, right? And anybody who's interested in, in, in helping serve Courtney Joe could come. And we ended up having, I think, 20 people there. 
And the counselor was there, the special needs mom was there, a couple of elders were there, I and maybe a couple other staff members were there, and, and just people in the community pew were there, and, and all loved Courtney Joe wanted to help, but we didn't have the first idea about how to do so. And we just restated the problem, basically. And we about came to the end of the time allotted for that meeting. And it just didn't seem like God had answered our prayer. And all of a sudden, a guy named Frank Beaver speaks. Uh, Jack Beaver, excuse me, Jack. Jack Beaver speaks. And Jack said, you know, I used to work with special needs kids in public schools. And I'd like, if it's okay with y'all, for my wife Martha and I do a special class just for Courtney Joe during Bible class time. And we'll just focus on her. Have you ever been in a desert-like setting where you're about to die of thirst and all of a sudden you get a cold drink of water? That's how refreshing those words were. And we embraced it fast. And to finish up the story, Jack and Martha begin that class. And in time, Courtney Joe mainstreamed and blessed us. She was baptized into Christ. Uh, her mom, Cecilia, is baptized in Christ. Her sister, Lindsay. She helped start up a Bible study in her neighborhood for kids with special needs for me, and I was blessed by that. And Jack and Martha were blessed because that gave them a chance to find their place in the body, to collaborate with God in ministry. And it was important ministry. And we had a girl had just graduated from college, moved here with her husband, and special needs was what she focused on with her profession. And she started up a thing called Kingdom Kids on Friday nights and got people here involved in that. And, and folks could bring their special needs child for some respite and rest. And we had people come in from Canton and from Athens. I just talked to somebody a few weeks ago that had been blessed by that ministry. Well, all ministries run their course. But I want you to know, ministry is still being done here to kids with special needs, special challenges. I know I've seen it. Parents are being ministered to. A lot of times it's very quiet. It's just people saying, here, let me help. Let me involve myself. Let me teach. Let me support. But it is being done. And that's just one example of how this ministry has grown. God wanting to help people by using people. And he is to be praised and, and you are to be thanked for being his instruments. Yeah, God is working in the present. This is one of many ministries. Thank you, God, but thank you, Shiloh. Before the world was made, before you spoke it to be, you were the king of kings. Yeah, you were, yeah, you were, and now you're reigning still, enthroned above all things. Angels and saints cry out, we join them as we sing, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God forever. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God forever. 
Creator God, you gave me breath so I could praise your great and matchless name. All my days, all my days, let my whole life be a blazing offering, a life that shouts and sings the greatness of our King. Glory to God, glory to God. Glory to God forever. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God forever. Take my life and let it be all for you and for your glory. Take my life and let it be yours. Take my life and let it be all for you and for your glory. Take my life and let it be yours. As we sing glory to God, glory to God, glory to God forever. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God forever. And we sing glory, glory to God, glory to God. Yes, we sing glory, glory to God, glory to God forever. Amen. You were despised. You were rejected, Lord, those who passed by Even averted their gaze from the sight Such was the suffering you bore for us Led like a lamb, a lamb to the slaughter You spoke not a word, but chose to be silent Though you did no wrong nor was deceitfulness found in you. Yet by your wounds our salvation has come. Yet by your suffering our freedom is won. For God has highly exalted your name. He has enthroned you on high, Jesus, the name above all names. God has highly exalted your name. He has enthroned you on high, Jesus, the name above all names. You were despised, you were rejected, Lord, those who passed by Even averted their gaze from the sight Such was the suffering you bore Led like a lamb, a lamb to the slaughter You spoke not a word, but just Oh, you did go wrong. 
Yet by your wounds our salvation has come. Yet by your suffering our freedom is won. For God has highly exalted your name. He has enthroned you on high. Jesus' name above all names. God has highly exalted your name. He has enthroned you on high. Jesus' name above all names. You were despised. You were rejected, Lord. Even averted their gaze from the sight. Such was the suffering you bore for us. Well, Mike, you were right. What a marvelous, marvelous weekend. A great time remembering. Gary asked me to uh, bring the communion thought. He didn't tell me that I was doing that in the midst of three preachers this morning. And, but, Mark, he didn't give me a 10-minute time limit. So, it was interesting last night in the skit. Uh, of course, this church has just gone through a year of looking ahead to 2030. I didn't know that involved looking at Mike and myself and Burke. 30, you know, in 2030 uh, with their skit, but that was great. But from a year of looking ahead with this congregation to 2030, to spending the first part of this year uh, celebrating the anniversary and looking back over 40 years of existence and of ministry and of service and of ups and downs and all of those things, and it struck me about looking ahead to the future and looking back to the past. And the same thing is in Scripture. It's a constant tension between the past and the future. In Genesis, Abraham and his early descendants uh, hear God speak on numerous occasions in Scripture about the generations to come, looking ahead. Then you get to Deuteronomy. I was afraid Mike was going to steal my part here. But uh, you get to Deuteronomy, and Moses recites a song in the midst of all these remembering things. And he, call, he tells Israel and calls on them to remember the generations long past and to learn from their past relationship with God, the good and the bad on their part. Then we get on over to Psalm 78, Asaph is writing his psalm to the people of God, and he calls on the listener or the reader to consider the up-and-coming generation, a looking ahead with purpose here to teach our children about, uh, and the coming generations about God. 
And so we read, God commanded our ancestors to teach their children so the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn would tell their children. And so here we have this purpose cast before us to teach our children what God has done, what God is doing, and what God will do in the future through his people. So the challenge of this past and future tension uh, is real for us. Remembering and learning from our past, but not living in the past. And considering and looking ahead to the future generations, but not being overwhelmed by the future. So let's join together this morning in this moment. Because truthfully, that's all any of us have, is this moment. And let's gather around the table of remembrance. Bringing our focus to bear on Jesus Christ. His death his resurrection, and the thought that he is returning again. Let's pray. Father, we are so humbled by you just at the thought of how you have united through your son's blood this body of people here, those that have gone before us, those that will come after us, and we just thank you and praise you for that. And Father, we remember your son. And we are so thankful for his sacrifice, for the giving of his body for each and every one of us. Help us, Father, to reflect upon that great, great sacrifice. In Jesus' name, amen. Thy peace. 
Father, in remembering what your Son, Jesus Christ, has done for us, we, we do look ahead to the challenge of teaching and modeling for the next generation and the generations to come, the power of your Son's blood in our lives. Father, we thank you for that blood that washes down from the cross and across our hearts even centuries later, cleansing us of sin. In Jesus' name, amen. How deep the Father's love for us, how vast beyond I 
anything, no gifts, no power, no wisdom, but I will boast in Jesus Christ, His death and resurrection. Why should I gain from His reward? I cannot hear Thanks, Chuck, for making me cry twice this morning. Uh, You know, I I look back over the years that uh, we were blessed to be a part of this congregation, and there would be times we'd get together with leadership and just talk about this congregation and uh, strengths and weaknesses. And I don't remember a single time that we met and talked about strengths that generosity didn't come up. I don't know, countless numbers of times I remember just suddenly on the spur of the moment we would make a plea for $900 for this and $1,500 for that. And I would check with Mike the next morning, well, we needed $900, we got $901. We needed $1,500 and we got $1,510. Steve Meek said he needed $30,000 and we got $75,000. God has blessed this congregation with givers, and God bless you for that. Let's pray. Father, we are just amazed at how you use us in your ministry, how you use our weaknesses to be a message to the world, how you use the things we have when we are generous enough to just give them up to you. Father, I just pray for this offering that's taken up this morning, that it would be a blessing that it would be a ministry to people in this community, around the world, and to those here that are in need. Father, thank you for all you provide for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, Shiloh. <laughs> and look, no sweater vest. How about that? 
Hey, we've come to the time we call family time. I want to let you know what's taking place here at Shiloh Road. First of all, big round of applause for everybody who's helped put on this 40th reunion. Give them a round of applause. Thank you all very, very much. Also, I want to let you know, uh, Sandy Blaylock had told me, now you can go on Facebook and you can pull up Shiloh Road's 40th? Where are you, Sandy? Just so I can look. There you are. Um, is that correct? Shiloh Road 40th. And you can type that in. If, if you're on Facebook and you should be able to pull up the videos, all the videos that have been played uh, throughout the weekend. So if you're on Facebook, you can do that. If you want to get on Facebook, if you have any questions, you can call the church office. And I said I'd give Sandy's phone number out, but I won't do that. But anyway, so you can pull that up. Hey, we have some new members we would like to recognize and highlight this morning. We want to celebrate. We love to celebrate as a family. Amen? So let me see. Who do we want to start with this morning? Are the Tullys here? Are the Tullys here? Let's stand up. Please welcome Justin and Amber Tooley and their sons, Simeon, Silas, and Samuel. Welcome to Shiloh. We're glad you're here. Also, we have the Taylors. Are the Taylors here? Where are the Taylors? Yes, stand up. Here we go. David and Rebecca Taylor and their children, Declan and Isaac. Welcome to Shiloh. Very glad. Thank you all. And last but not least, here's one everybody should know. And if you don't know, you're going to be blessed to know the pretty red head. Beth White Blaisdell. Beth, where are you? Please stand up. Where are you? Where are you? Where'd you go? Oh, there. Oh, right. Wow, those bifocals are working. We're glad you're here. Thank you so, so very much. I want to remind everybody, we are going to have a combined Bible class today in here, sixth grade and up and all adults. We will stay in here for a special Bible class today. So again, Bible class will follow after this. It will be a special time together. And now someone's going to lead us in the glory land way. So let's stand up and sing the glory land way. I'm in the way, the bright and shining way. I'm in the glory land way. Telling the world that Jesus saves today. Yes, I'm in the glory land way. I'm in the glory land, the glory land way. I'm in the glory land way. Heaven is near and the way groweth clearer for I'm in the glory land way. Listen to the call, the gospel call today. Get in the glory land way. Wonders come home, oh, hasten to obey. I'm in the glory land way. I'm in the glory land, the glory land way. I'm in the glory land way. Heaven is near and the way groweth clearer for. I'm in the glory land way. Onward I go rejoicing in his love. I'm in the glory land way. Soon I shall see him in that home above. Oh, I'm in the glory land way. I'm in the glory land, the glory land way. I'm in the glory land way. Heaven is near and the way groweth clearer for I'm in the glory land way. Please welcome our pulpit minister, Mr. Gary Albritton.
Hey, it has been a great morning, and I am so thankful you're here. Forty years is a long time. It's older than I am. Just, just saying. Time is a funny thing. It keeps moving, and it keeps moving at the same speed. Yet somehow over the years we look back and we ask the question, well, where did the time go? Because it seems like even though it's going at the same speed, that somehow it is going faster and faster and faster. And yet some moments in time have the ability to stand out above other moments, almost as if they were so significant Everything that followed that one moment in time changed everything else. And I wonder if it's possible that today could be one of those moments for this church. A moment where future generations look back at today and see something that happened today that change the future and the trajectory of the next 40 years at Shiloh Road Church of Christ. It's been such a great blessing to me to sit back this weekend and listen to the stories, to see people laugh together, to see people embrace in the hallway, or as I learned last night, the foyer, To see people share tears together because of people who are no longer here that once were such a big impact and influence in their life. To see people share tears of joy because of new life and birth that was celebrated together. It's the very thing that makes us family. And we look back at these moments for a very specific reason so that we can remember the past. And the reason we must remember the past is so that we don't forget it. But we don't want to forget just simply to embrace and bask in what we have done. We want to remember God's faithfulness because it is what must carry us into the future. Israel has been at this place before. And as Mark has alluded to, they're at the edge of where God has been leading them for 40 years. They've been here once before, and it didn't go so well the first time. And now Moses is dead, and there is a new man on the scene named Joshua. And God comes to Joshua to speak to him, and he says, starting in verse 2 of chapter 1, Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I am about to give them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon to the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea to the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, 
I will be with you and will never leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. See, Israel finds themselves in this place and they learned a very important lesson the first time. If you don't trust where God is leading you is better than where he has brought you to, you will not go forward. If you cannot come to that place and trust and understand that where God is leading you to is better than where he has brought you to, you will camp out and you will refuse to cross to the other side. You will settle for what you see and lose sight of what could be. You see, this is an important moment in the history of Israel where they have a decision to make, whether they are going to trust in God and what he is doing in their life and where he is leading or if they are going to stay where he has brought them to. They have a significant choice, and it's a choice that will impact the rest of their life. And God has this message for them. I did not bring you to this place to leave you here. I have brought you to this place to prepare you for what will come next. And so he says to Joshua, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you and do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Joshua, I need your attention. I need you to be strong and I need you to be courageous because you do not know what is on the other side. I need you to trust that where I am leading you to is better than where I have brought you to. Be strong and courageous. And for these people, there is this definitive moment that has the capability of shaping all other moments from this one forward. See, the good news for you, because this brings up a lot of questions. Well, what if we do cross over and God is not there? What if we cross over and this doesn't work? What if we cross over and there's giants in the land? What if we cross over and everything falls apart? What then? What's our next move? What are we going to do? And see, here's the good news. God did not call you to be successful for him. He called you to be obedient to him. 
to walk in faith and hope and love and to be his people in this new land. And the problem is if you get comfortable where he has brought you to, you will only wish you could go back to where you once were. I wish we could go back to Egypt. We could have just died there with food. But God did not bring you to this place to leave you in that place. It's so easy to lose sight of his kingdom because our kingdom seems to get in the way. It's so easy to lose sight of what he is doing in this world because our eyes are fixed on what we want and know and desire in this world. And the question is, do you trust that where God is leading you is better than where he has brought you to? Joshua, I need you to trust me. I need you to trust me to take a step. I I need you to trust me to take a step. And then he continues on in verse 3 as the people get to this place and they're waiting ready to cross the Jordan River. We're going to start in verse 15. Now the Jordan was at flood stage all during the harvest. Yet as soon as the priest who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream started, stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan. And while the water flowing down to the Sea of Arabah, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. And so the people crossed over opposite Jericho. He brings them to the water's edge and he asks them to trust him in the water. But he does not just simply ask for their obedience in the water. He asks for their obedience on the other side of the water. To trust that where he is taking them to is better than where he has brought them to. That he has something bigger in this world. You see, we celebrate 40 years and we come here not to look back and admire what we have done. Not to admire what we have built, but to look at God's faithfulness that has carried us through the first 40 years of this church and trust that the God who has been faithful in our past will continue to be faithful into our future. So a question for you this morning. Do you believe that where God has brought us to is not the end of the road? That this isn't the final destination. This isn't the finish line. But that where he is leading us to is better than where he has brought us to. Joshua, 
I need you to take a step. I need you to take a step. Church, I need you to take a step. I need you to trust me, not just in the water, but on the other side of the water. It's time to take a step. Church, it's time to take a step. Let me hear you say, let's take a step. Okay, let's wake up now. Let's take a step. It's time to take a step and to trust that where God is leading us to is better than where he has brought us to. See, this is a pivotal moment in our history. It's a pivotal moment in our history because it's the end of 40 years. And that means it's the beginning of a new 40 years. It's a pivotal moment in our culture because our culture has changed so dramatically, but our culture's need for Jesus has not changed. And our need to be the church outside of these walls and to bring hope to this world is greater now than it has ever been. Church, it's time to take a step. See, we've got to move. See, I want to tell you about the church that I see. I see a church whose passion for Christ is filled in worship and exaltation. I see a church where lives are being changed daily by the power of Jesus' name. I see a church that exalts Christ as Messiah, Lord, and coming King. I see a church that is filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and that is invading the kingdom of darkness with the kingdom of light. I see a church that is filled so deeply with faith and dependence on the Spirit that it's unquestionable that the Spirit is at work within the walls of this building I see a church that is equipping and encouraging one another and sending us out into this world to be Jesus' hands and feet in this world. I see a church that is setting people free from the bondage of sin and slavery and bringing the captives hope and letting the binded heart, the bind, uh, setting free the binded. We'll skip that one. I can't say it right now. I see a church that is learning to be good neighbors, to be Jesus to those who have been placed around them. I see a church that is engaging the world where Christ has placed them. I see a church that is committed to the call and willing to pay whatever the cost to bring revival to this land. I see a church that's head is Jesus, that's filled with the Spirit and is pushing back the kingdom of darkness with the light of Jesus Christ. But that church that I see could be our church. What if 40 years from now, this next generation looked back at today and said, this was the day where our future 
changed course. This was the day that people were no longer content with camping out where God has brought us to because we now trust that where God is leading us to is far greater than what he has already done. What if people could look back at this day as we do this day in Joshua? See, they marked that day. After they had crossed to the other side, they had men grab some stones and go right from the Jordan River to the other side and build an altar there. And the reason they had them build an altar, the reason Joshua tells them to do this, is so that years from now, when their children look back on this day, they can say this is the day where God led his people into the promised land. They took these stones to build a monument to remind people of God's faithfulness. And so I want you to grab some stones this morning. And I want us to build kind of a monument here. A lot of you probably already gave this morning. And I want to just say thank you for that. But I want to ask you to give one more time this morning. And the amount... And what we bring in is not so important as the significance of what we are doing. I want to ask you as a family or individuals, as couples, to donate $40. To give $40 today as a stone that just simply says, God, we are so thankful for where you have brought us to. But God, we completely trust in where you are leading us to. And so we're going to give you a couple of different ways to do that. One is through text messaging. It's very simple. And the number will be up here. You can do this. It will be up after between classes. You can also go to our app. You can also write a check if you still have one of those. Or you can get cash. And out here... There's a door with a little drop box that you can put the money in. And in gate 11, when we go to lunch, there's a place that you could put that check. And here's the reason I want us to give. Because I want us to have a marker 40 years from now that we can look back on and say, look at what we did today. Look at what we built. And again, the amount... And what it represents is what is significant, not how much we get. And so if this church has been a blessing to you over the past 40 years, I want to challenge you to pick up one of these stones and go and lay it on the other side of the river. Trusting that what God is going to do in the life of this church is greater than what he has already done done. Because I believe today is a day that future generations will look back on as different because it changed the course of this church for the rest of time.
And more importantly, that this church change the kingdom for the rest of time. So if you would stand with me. See, it's time to take a step. It's time to move. God has not brought you to where we are to leave you here. He has brought you to this place to prepare you for what comes next. And regardless of what church you belong to, you are a part of the kingdom of God and what God is doing in this world. And today, as family, we join together. We join together as the body of Christ. And together we take a step. Father, today... We pray your blessings on our time. We pray, Father, that you would give us the courage to step out in faith, to step across the river, to step into the unknown, to step into those scary places. And, Father, to trust that where you are leading us to is far greater than where you have brought us to. So today... Give us the courage to take a step. As Father, we look forward to the day that we assemble together with the angels in heaven singing, Holy is the Lamb. And we pray this in the most powerful name of Jesus our Lord. Amen. Sweet Assemble.